花よきれいとおだてられ咲いてみせればすぐ散らされるバカなバカなバカな女の恨みいぶし Hello, everyone. Welcome to our bonus episode of Exploited. I'm Alexis Showski. And I'm still waiting to get revenge on the man that betrayed me. Oh, I hope you get it in a、Thank、glorious、you. way. This week we're talking I'm ca- about. I'm Kevin Daly. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> Sorry. This <laughs> week、okay. we're talking about Female Prisoner 701 Scorpion, 1972, directed by Shunya Ito. <laughs> This thing ain't nothing like Caged. No. It's not, even really, it's not even really like the other women in prison movies we've watched. Although it is a women in prison movie. It's just it is. different. It's very much through a, a different lens. It's based off of a manga 
called Sasori, which means scorpion, by Toru Shinohara. Uh, this is the director's first film. He also did two of the sequels to this film, and we'll talk about the sequels later on. Because there's three sequels to this. Oh. And this film is starring Miko Kaji. Um, we will see this woman again, because her most famous role is Lady Snowblood. Yes. And this movie is very similar to Lady Snowblood, even yes. though it was made like two years before. And uh, much like Lady Snowblood used as inspiration for uh, Kill And if we ever... Right down, to the, right down to the title song used in the movie. Yep. And if we ever get to it, um, well, we might do some of her pinky violence films that she was in, like Delinquent Girl Boss. Oh. She's also in a movie called Battles Without Honor or Humanity, huh. which is a song that's on the Kill Bill soundtrack. Yeah, I get the feeling that Tarantino is very fond of this woman. Yeah. Uh, we watched this movie on Tubi. Yep. So it's really weird when you're watching this really good, violent Japanese film, and then suddenly it goes to a commercial for fucking Monopoly Go. <laughs> I did not get a Monopoly Go ad. I don't remember what I was getting, but it was not Monopoly Go. Oh, I had Monopoly Go ads every time. I got another Long John Silver's ad. And I didn't get that either. I'm disappointed. I got boring ads. I don't even remember what they were. That's how boring they were. They actually have a, a, a fish yes song, which is recorded by a band. Oh, Jesus. And it's the... Uh, it's built on YouTube as, like, the official Long John Silver's band. And they're just I mean, Burger King <laughs> did that first, but it was way better. They're described as, oh, what was the fucking phrase of it? Dad-adjacent beach rock. That's how they describe themselves. Okay. I mean, so, like, Jack Johnson? <laughs> yeah, it's dad-adjacent beach rock. Take that as you will. Jesus. But so, female prisoner starts with... A title that says, both the prison in this story and all the characters are fiction. They bear no connection to reality whatsoever. And I'm like, well, thank God for that. Yeah, I, w I, I hope so. Because yeah. uh, the movie is pretty fucking grim. Yeah. Um, and we just start right up with this, like, Japanese flag is being raised. It's all patriotism. <laughs> the, like, the warden of this prison is getting a, a commendation for reforming these women. And then right in the middle of this ceremony, sirens go off. There's been a breakout. And all the women are like, who would try that? They're like, there's only one woman who could. <laughs> so that's a really great way to introduce Matsu is her name. Yep. Uh, Nami Matsushima, but they call her Matsu throughout. Nobody ever actually calls her Scorpion. Yeah, she is pre female prisoner 701. That is her number. Yeah, the manga calls her Scorpion, but nobody in the movie refers to that. They just use her name. Well, a shortened version of her name. Instead of just saying Matsushita, they just call her Matsu. And she's escaping with this girl named Yuki, who, at first it looks like she's wounded, but then Matsu's like, oh, don't worry, that's just your period. You didn't have it for a while because you're locked up. Now that you got freedom here, your body's like, okay, back to normal. Is that, is that how that works? I, I guess I, I wouldn't know. I, I don't, I've never been to prison. <laughs> Yeah, I've never asked, a, a, never talked to any woman who's been in prison. And then they get attacked by a dog, and Matsu takes that motherfucker out. Oh, yeah. He beats the shit out of that dog. Also, the dog is very much alive and is being told to lie down. Yeah. And it's just looking very happy in the direction. 
<laughs> or his handler. There's some stagehand behind all this grass just scratching the dog's back. And um, they get captured. Their escape attempt is thwarted. And By then- a dude who looks a lot like Dr. Disrespect, and I did not like it. Oh, we see him a couple times. He's one of the yeah, lead fuck, guards. Fuck that guy. And then we get these these opening credits. Um, we have just a whole line of naked women. Yep, we're definitely in exploitation <laughs> film territory now, boys. Um, and they're going, they're just walking through the, the naked obstacle course, where they go up some stairs, they go across some monkey bars, they walk over some hurdles, just in a circle, just naked the whole time. Some perv under the stairs just drooling over all the women. Yep. Um, and we get, like, Scorpion's face is superimposed over it at some time. Matsu's face. And then while all this bizarre shit is happening, we get this beautiful song. Oh, yeah. I mean, everyone who's seen Kill Bill is familiar with it. Yeah, this... this it's, ama- it's it's just as good here. It's so good. That song is so amazing. The Foolish Woman's Song of Vengeance. It's so good. Sung by the actress. Miko Keiji? Yep. Awesome. I didn't know that she was the one singing it. And so after these bizarre credits with all the naked women on the obstacle course... This movie has a lot of surrealist, uh, like, visuals to it, which, of course, I appreciated. Oh, then you'll love the sequels. They're way more surreal. Uh, like, because the sequel, Jailhouse 41, everyone says it's better, but I don't know what the hell's going on in that movie. Yeah, I don't, I, that's what I saw. I'm like, everyone thinks the sequel's better. Okay, I was reading the synopsis of it a little bit, and I'm like, okay, I guess I need to see it to understand yeah, and that's the one that's not on Tubi. The other sequels, uh, Beast Stable and Grudge Song, are on Tubi, but for some reason, Jailhouse 41 isn't. Huh. But yeah, anyway. We'll get to those when we get to those. Yep. So the warden is pissed. He's like, this is a fucking outrage. An escape during my commendation? You are all dumbasses. And he throws hands. He 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 beats all these guards up. And then the guards start beating the other guards up. It's just like uh, an orgy of guard beating. Yeah. And so they punish all the guards here are men. That's important. This is another thing that's not like Caged, where all the guards were women. Yeah, or any other one of these movies we've seen where there's usually most, if not all, female prison guards. Yeah, this one, it is all men that are terrible men. They're horrible and evil. And, of course, I don't know anything about what the Japanese prison system was like in 1972 when this came out. I hope it wasn't this obscene. I doubt it. Because they go in and they're just going to punish all the girls for seven days by giving them minimal food. And they just go in the kitchen and trash all of the food. Yeah, just waste it all. Not just, like, withholding it. Just like, like we're going to destroy it all. Hello, women. My name is Mar, and I'm here to give you some advice on how to survive in prison. And trust me, you'll need it. I know some of you are thinking you won't ever have to worry about that, but life has a way of throwing the uninspected at you. So if you ever find yourself locked up behind bars, here are some friendly tips to help you survive. Within your first hour of lockup, kill a bitch. Preferably the toughest one you can find. The higher up the food chain, the more respect you'll get. Kill a corrections officer, and you can pretty much write your own ticket for life behind bars. You might be thinking that killing someone would add more to your time on your sentence, but don't worry about that. Once you're in prison, it's pretty much for life. You might think you're getting paroled in a year, but once you've been branded a felon and spent some time behind bars, it will fuck up your future and any opportunity for positive growth in your life. You'll be back. Any prison sentence is eventually a life sentence, so you might as well start off right. And kill that bitch. Second tip. 
Never underestimate the value of your vagina. Sure, you're not going to be getting any men in here, but you've been blessed with that wonderful pocket between your legs that's a perfect place for hiding drugs, weapons, makeup, cigarettes, anything. You might think that's unhygienic, but in here, that's the norm. In fact, if another con gives you a cigarette and it doesn't smell like pussy, she's a snitch. You should kill her. Slit her throat with your goddamn hidden vagina knife. Now that's what I've got for you today. For more prison life pro tips, follow me on TikTok. Vagina knife. Till next time, bitch. So they're trying to protest, but this other prison clique, I, 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 I get the impression kind of that there's different kind of prisoners because there's all these girls wear blue and then in come these girls with the orange dresses that kind of are like elevated yeah they're yeah they're They're yeah i don't really know what the rules are like the trustees maybe yeah what are they like like a hall monitor in high school or something essentially and so they're like you know we're fucked because of matsu if you're bitter blame matsu and they're like yeah you're right Let's just eat the the four grains of rice they give us and call it good. And we see Matsu in a um, in solitary confinement, and it's this wet dungeon. And Yuki's on the other side of the wall with her tit out. Yeah, and they communicate by smacking their heads on the wall. Pretty brutal. Yeah, and then one of the orange girls comes down to feed Matsu and just dumps all the food on the floor and is like, "Lick it up!" And um, then she takes Matsu's blanket, soaks it in all this water, and just puts it on Matsu and just laughs. And that's when uh, Matsu tells us her, her backstory. Right. She was desperately in love with one man, Sugimi. He was a narcotics officer on the drug squad. I mean, that would be the definition of a narcotics officer. Yeah. Well, um, once again, uh, getting fucked over by a man, ending up in prison. Yeah. The theme continues. The theme continues. And it's... Uh, we get this weird, trippy, like, interpretive thing with Matsu and Sugimi having sex. Yeah. Like, they roll around on this carpet, then we have this white sheet and intense music with a spot of red blood on it that looks exactly like the Japanese flag. Yeah, I think it's implying that that's uh, her losing her virginity. Yeah, that's exactly what it's implying. Yeah. And it's it's made overt later in the movie. Yeah. But. But this very artistic scene, very surreal scene. And then Sugimi's like, hey, I want you to infiltrate a Yakuza nightclub. And she's like, I will, because I love you so much, Sugimi. And the Yakuza know about her, and they, they take her back, and they beat her, and they rape her. Yep. And, it's a very and I'm like, god damn it, here we go again. Bizarre rape scene, though, because it's like a glass floor. Yes, yeah, it's, it's more of like a surrealist. Yeah, we're watching from underneath the glass floor where her like face is smashed against the glass and so we're seeing it all from from behind her. Yeah. And um so it's an interesting way of doing point of view. Yes. And um Sugumi shows up and arrests the guys for trafficking marijuana and rape and he laughs about it. Like Sugimi's job was to be raped so they could bust these guys for rape. Well, and then get bribes. And get bribes from the Yakuza, because he's trying to get in on the uh, on the action. Yeah, and the way they do it is, like, Sugimi's standing against this, this wall, and it rotates around, 
to be an not office. The, uh, not the last time this movie actually kind of feels like a stage play. Yeah, feels like a play, and um, he's getting paid off by the Yakuza, and they're talking about coexistence and co-prosperity. Right, basically, I uh, arrested your guys. Okay, we'll pay you off if you do it. Cool, I wanted the money. We're and good they, now. And they both look downstage at Matsu. And just laugh. Yeah. Evil laughter. Um, he goes over, drops some money down. He's like, hey, thanks for your trouble. Everything turns red. It's her anger. I love these visuals. Yeah, like I said, I like the artistic touches they put in this, mo- this movie. Little surrealist elements to it. And um, like her hair's a little sticking up now. And she shows up at the, the police station with this cape. And she throws, the, as soon as Sugimi walks out, she throws off the cape, and she's wearing the same torn nightgown, one tit out, and just comes after Sugimi with this knife. Um, does not kill him. She gets arrested, and this is how she ended up in prison. She, she, she ambushed him too soon. She needed to get closer. Yeah. She's learned then her she lesson. she could throw the cape up in, in distraction and then stab him. You can't, you can't, you can't, she was like 50 feet away. There was just no chance. Yeah, and then, uh. The orange girl comes in again and just pours hot miso soup all over Yugi's breasts. Then she goes to try and do it to Matsu, but Matsu just doesn't react. She waits until the orange woman is standing on the blanket and trips her and just pours all the boiling soup all over her. She sleep away camped this bitch. (laughs) Yeah, she did. And right down to the uh, nice nice effects. Some uh, nice uh, burn effects as they drag her screaming. Yeah. The guards know that it wasn't an accident, but they need Matsu to admit to it. And they they try to rape her with a nightstick. Beat the uh, shit out of her, yeah. yeah. It's, it's all like this spinning camera, too. It's rather disorienting. Yes. Um, yeah, of course, she's stoic as fuck and doesn't care about anything, so. Yeah, and um, so we get Sugimi and the, the Yakuza boss. They're like, hey, hey, we... We should do something about that woman. I mean, you we were really lucky she she didn't testify, but still, we, we gotta do something. And Sugimi's like, hey, we can bribe a guard to murder her. And Matsu's like, no, no, no. I got a woman on the inside. Her name's Katagiri, former drug mule. You arrested her before. You know, she's gonna be our prison assassin. And then uh, we get this long scene of girls playing a dice game. Yeah. Um, and they're all squatting down on the ground. It is nothing but panty shots in this scene. Pantsu. Yep, and the orange girls cheat, and one of the the blue girls tries to stand up. So this orange girl takes some scissors, and shit is on. Uh, But the guards interrupt, and send them all to a shower scene. Yep. It's 1972. It's 1972, so now we get the nude shower scene. Yep, and um, the girls have this idea that they're going to get revenge on that one girl by uh, planting a shank in another girl's uniform for the guards to find. But Matsu watches this, observing, and she actually moves it and plants it on the orange girl's uniform. And they're like, Matsu! Yeah, basically. And this girl, it goes into this fucking weird scene. Masaki is the name of the girl here. Yeah. She tries to attack Matsu. Matsu smashes her face, so she gets all cut up. But now it goes weird. Like, she gets this fucking crazy hair and kabuki makeup on. <laughs> Because it's got the surrealist elements in this movie. And she gets the knife and she's chasing Matsu all around the shower. Well, it's a shard of glass. That's a shard of glass, that's right. Shammed her face into the glass and that's why she's all busted up. And she took a shard of glass and now is trying to use it as a knife. Yeah, and she is just so insane looking. She's about to kill Matsu, but Matsu steps out of the way just in time for Masaki to stab the warden in the eye. Yep. And suddenly we're out of the surrealness. Masaki is normal again. And we have a lot of uh, 
A lot of nice gore effects from the eyeball stabbing. Yeah, so he just strangles Masaki. Um, yep. Just takes her out, and then he yells at all the girls, Get the fuck off your asses! I'm disciplining you all! And their discipline is the movie holes. Yeah, basically. Also, all the other, you know, whoever, the hall monitors are now demoted back to Gen Pop. Yeah, we don't see any more orange. Everyone's in blue now. And um, She ruined it for everybody. Yep, and so they, uh, they're all out in some wasteland just digging holes. Like, they dig a hole all the way down, and then the guards are like, Okay, fill in the holes. So they fill in them all, fill them in, and the guard goes, dig them again. Um, the girl that Matsu saved is incredibly thankful, though. We do see more of her. Yes. Um, but that's when Sugimi comes to the prison, and he, he watches the whole stuff. And he, he manages to talk to Katagiri, saying, hey, if you kill Matsu, they're going to let you go free. And Matsu happens to see Sugimi at the same time, and she's enraged. It's very Kill Bill here, the way the camera zooms in on her, and it's the music swells. Yeah. We definitely want a Tarantino's influence. Yeah. And so now our one-eyed boss is like, we need to throw Matsu into solitary again. <laughs> Ironically, probably going to be for her protection at this time, though they don't know that. But Yeah. But she's in solitary with another girl, so it's not really solitary, is it? <laughs> no. Um, it's just dark hole with an extra girl. Yeah, who's named Kito, and she's like, oh, they threw me in here the second I arrived. I've heard talk of you, Matsu. You're you're legendary. You know, did you really do all these things? And Matsu's like, nah, you talk too much. And she starts like, ow, I hurt. And Kito starts rubbing Matsu's back. Matsu just seduces this woman, and they have sex. It just becomes this lesbian sex scene, and Kito just experiences intense, amazing orgasms. And um, there's no music. It's all totally silent. It's just some insects outside and this girl moaning. Yeah. And I'm like, this is fucking bizarre. I didn't know what was happening at first. And then Matsu's just standing over this girl. We get this shot that's really good of Matsu standing over her. And the girl's like, I want more, more. So then we find out that she was actually a cop planted there to try to get Matsu to confess. Yeah, it didn't work. And they're like, oh, well, that was a lot to ask of a rookie cop. She's like, no, no, please, please let me try again. I have to try again. Please, please let me try again. Like, she's begging, begging for this. And um, she's like, I'm going to go back right now. And they stop her and they open her blouse and see, like, all kinds of bite marks. She uh, she needs more of Mommy uh, Matsu's. Yeah. Blood. And the, gu- the guard's like, oh, you slut, and slaps her. And they're like. And he tells the, the other guards, he's like, I don't care how you do it, you have to break Matsushima. And so they uh, go back to the digging, and now all the girls are digging just one big hole. No more separate holes. Yeah, it's not holes anymore, it's just holes. And then they're like, hey, all you other girls out, except for you, Matsu, you're going to dig this hole alone. And all the girls are like, oh, it's the devil's punishment. <laughs> and it goes on. Well, it goes all through the night, it's the next morning. Anytime she tries to stop, the guards throw shit at her. But, you know, this girl's indomitable. Yeah, she does not care. Yeah. She has one goal in mind, and she is. <laughs> her desire for revenge consumes everything. Gives her, like, superhuman abilities, stamina, pain tolerance. Yeah, and the guards are like, you ready to confess? And she's like, nope, keep digging. Yep. Fuck off. I'm just going to keep digging this hole. At Long John Silver's, enjoy mouth-watering hush puppies, wild-caught cod, scrumptious lobster bites, and more. Long John Silver's. Fish, yeah. And a couple of the girls being punished, they start tar- tossing dirt at Matsu. 
and Matsu just hits the uh, the side of the mount the the hole and makes these yep. girls fall down. Girl hits her head on a rock and is swimming at the mouth. And dies, I think. The uh, she breaks her neck. That's one of the. That was one of the girls that was part of the the orange girl clique. Yeah, she's kind of picking them apart one by one. Um, That'd be the third one she takes out. Yeah, it is. Yeah, she 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 sleepaway camped that one. She got yep. the other murdered by getting her to stab the ward in, and then this one she takes out with a falling into the hole. Yep. And then finally, Matsu collapses, and the guards are like, "Nope, Matsu, it's too soon for you to die." And it goes silent now in slow motion as this one girl goes to take the cop out with a shovel, smash oh, yeah. in the head, blood everywhere. Yeah, it is. Uh, and you get another very surreal scene here with the riot that happens. Yeah, because uh, well, it goes all red. Everything's red now. Uh, Matsu's back up. Riot. The, the the girls are just full on revolt, killing guards with shovels. Katagiri gets a gun. Yeah. And tries to take out Matsu, but Yuki saves her life, jumps in front, and gets shot instead. And um, we get this touching goodbye scene between Matsu and Yuki. And Yuki's apparently unable to speak, but she uses her blood to write Katagiri. Right. And so then the red goes away, we're back to normal lighting, and a thunderstorm's going on. And this one, again, kind of gives me like a stage, like a play vibe to it, like some of the way this is shot. Yeah, it does, especially the way the lighting with the mood. Um, and no. the backgrounds are very, very, like, static paintings. Right, exactly. I, I'm not saying it's bad. I like it. I like it from an artistic perspective. It's very unique. It, but it does look like the background of a stage play. That somebody painted this and they're just performing in front of it. And it's obvious, it, you know, it's intentional. I mean, you see the rest of the movie and it's not like they don't have the ability to do it. Or this is an artistic choice. And I, I think it's very effective. And I, I liked it a lot. Um. So the girls, all the... Prisoners, they've taken some guards hostage and barricaded themselves in a warehouse. And their demands are food and to end all of this torture. <laughs> They're like, fuck no. Yeah, the, the warden goes, nope, we won't give in to those. Food and humane treatment? Fuck that shit. And at this point, the girls strip down to their panties and they, uh, they rape the guards. Yeah, they do. And it's cleverly shot because we don't see pubic areas. That's actually really important in Japanese Films, right. uh, but it comes up with clever ways of not showing us. Yeah, like a like the like a pillar between, like yeah. covering up the guy's junk. Yeah, there's a there's a pillar in the the middle of the screen covering stuff, and you see that a lot in Pinku Pinku Aiga, the pink films. Yeah, although this one is technically not a Pinku Aiga because Pinku Aiga has like you have to hit these certain check marks to be an actual Pinku. <laughs> Um, this one, it, it's too long, and there's not enough sex scenes. I mean, it's only the one, technically. Well, I mean, it depends on how you view rape. There's <laughs> only one real sex scene in the movie. Technically three. There's her and Sugimi at the at, at the flower. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. You're right. There's her and the one girl, and then this rape scene. Yeah. Um. So then the girls are all getting their clothes back on post-rape. They've got the guards locked up. And Katagiri is like... Hey, hey, why are we doing this? The one person who's in tr caused all of this isn't here. You know, where's Matsu? That bitch started all this, and she didn't even take part in the riot. And so they they, they open up the, the door and they scream out to the, the, the board, and it's like, We have a new demand. Bring us Matsu. Or we rip off these hostages' balls. Yeah. And they're like, okay, send in Prisoner 701, but, but don't give them food. Just give them Matsu. And so they send in Matsu, and these girls just, they, they, they're like, Let's kick the shit out of this bitch! And they do. They they beat her bad. Yeah. And um, 
Oh, who is it that's like, oh, no, no, let's let's do it this way. You're kicking and punching his kid stuff. Isn't it uh, Kitsugiri? Katagiri, yeah. Katagiri, yeah, yeah it's yeah, Katagiri, yeah. Because they, they chain up Matsu and they, they pull her up, leave her dangling there, and Katagiri comes by with a light bulb. Like a fucking work light. And she yeah, like the, a, yeah, like a warehouse light. Yeah, and she takes the, the cage rounded off so she could just burn the shit out of Matsu. Yep. And um, they just leave her hanging up there all night. And while everyone's asleep, Katagiri just, like, takes all this gasoline that's in this warehouse and pours it all down. Pour- pours it all under Matsu. Yeah. And some other girl gets up and's like, what are you doing? You're going to burn all of us. No, no, I just want to set Matsu on fire. Yeah, with all of us asleep in here, you were going to murder all of us, Katagiri. Yeah, yeah not, not the best decision. Yeah, and so they, they take Matsu down, and now they hang Katagiri up, and they strip her clothes off. They they, they wrap her up in a net. <laughs> yeah. And then the guards are like, okay, we're sending you food now. Um, This is a one-time offer, as long as you show remorse. And so they bring in these barrels of food, but it's not food. It's Trojan food bins. <laughs> yeah, and the guards jump out with guns, and they, uh, they, they execute some girls. Yeah, they kill a few of them. Round up the rest. Category gets set on fire. Yeah, Matsu does that. While while all this is going on, Matsu just goes and starts the fire, and Category's all burning alive, and she's like, I only tried to kill you because Sugumi told me to. I fell for his scheme. And Matsu just says, to be deceived is a woman's crime. And, um, so Matsu- like, yep, I made that mistake too. Yep. But you're dead now. Matsu escapes. And the guards are like, oh, we, we can't report this, you know, it'll look bad. That we had this escape, so we have to go out and find her. Otherwise, everyone's going to know about the riot and the fire and <laughs> the murders and how abusive we were. So, so we gotta. And so Matsu now, Mount Matsu's getting her revenge. She's dressed up in this black dress and this huge, fancy hat. Yep. And she starts killing all the men who raped her. And every time she yep. closes in on one, there's like this green glow. Yeah, she gets all of the uh, all of the yakuza who raped her. So. Sugumi calls, like, the Yakuza boss to say, hey, um, everyone's dead. It's probably Matsu. And he's like, ah, no, it's not. And then Matsu shows up. And we don't really see that murder. We yeah. just see the next morning where he's strangled with the phone and, and hanging off the side of the building. Yeah. And Sugumi sees this and he's like, yep, I'm fucked. Yeah. <laughs> and so the prison guards are, are watching him because they know that Matsu's after him. Yeah. And they're like, oh, but he's going to hide out in the police station. He's safe in the police station. Matsu wouldn't try anything there. And then they see her in the elevator with him. Yeah, Matsu gives no fucks at this point. She has one goal in mind. Yeah, and um, so he gets his gun and overpowers her, you know, and he's like, ah, oh, you really hate me that much. Well, the more you hate me, the more you can't forget me. Yeah. He's like, I took your virginity. I live in your head rent-free now, Matsu. And um, Some, uh, some Bolton Ramsey shit. Yeah. And he tries to kiss her, but she bites his fucking tongue off. Yeah, she does. And then she sli- she's a hard woman. She's a hard woman. <laughs> then she slices his thigh open, and there's this rooftop chase without music. And yeah, she's just giving him little bits of flaying every time, yeah. slowly cutting him to pieces. Before she finally gets up and murders him. And she's just standing there, just staring at his body as it keeps playing the song. And then we go to her just being back in prison. That's the end. Like, she goes back to prison, but she's fine with it now. Yeah, she doesn't care. She got her revenge. I got my revenge, you know. I'm fine living here with the same prison with all the guards and women that hate her. Like I said, she had one purpose in life, so she didn't give a shit anymore. Yep, there are 
those three sequels, Jailhouse 41, Beast Stable, well, they're all female prisoner number 701, Jailhouse 41, Beast Stable, and Grudge Song. And you know, this wasn't even released on DVD until 2004. Oh, wow. That's about when I watched it. Yeah, you mean right about right about when Kill Bill came out? <laughs> yeah. It's like, oh, hey, here's one of the movies that inspired Kill Bill. We can market this now. Yeah, I finally got a Blu-ray release in 2016. Dang, it took a while. Yeah, uh, this movie is pure exploitation. Oh, it is, but it's very good. Yeah. I mean, it is. it, it, it combines two genres together, like rape revenge and women in prison, and that it's very good at both, and uh, music's great, of course. Yeah, but apparently, you know, one critic said that this is inferior to its follow-up, Female Prisoner 701, Jailhouse 41, and that, that Scorpion is largely set-bound and lacking the grandeur and poetry of its sequels, which we, okay. uh, we, we should do the others. Yeah, I mean, I like this one, so why not? Yeah, there's that one's supposed to be better. I mean, allegedly. Yeah. Yeah, we'll watch that one sometime, but not next week. So where do you put Female Prisoner 701 Scorpion on the uh, the coffee scale? Uh, this movie is, is excellent. Um, this is I I thoroughly enjoyed it. I mean, obviously, I don't, you know, I'm not into the... I, I do get sick of seeing rape as a, as a motivating factor in movies, but this movie has a lot of interesting artistic decisions. Uh, uh, obviously, the title song's great, and... The rape is just filmed uh, rather tastefully. Yeah, it's it. I mean, it's exploitive in the sense that it's you know rape, but it's it's not to the level of some of the other movies we've watched where it's like Jesus Christ, why the fuck is this in here? Um, so yeah, no, excellent movie, very cool, a lot of it's cathartic. I mean, it's it's a nihilistic film, but it's it's a bittersweet ending. But it, you know, it's a relative for this kind of movie. It's a relatively happy ending, right? She lives. She lives. She gets gets all of her revenge. Every one of her tor- tormentors dead except for the prison guards but you know several of them are dead yeah it's an amazing movie this is that that first cup of coffee in the morning of your favorite coffee yeah it's it's really nice and uh it's worth it's not very long you know brisk well well edited only the important bits left in well and i I can't believe it's his first feature yeah this is like a skilled hand yeah um he did other movies he did a movie called to trap a kidnapper that seems interesting. And then, like any yeah. director, he he did a he did an anime at one point. Oh, which <laughs> a, one? Anime movie called Lupin Three: Farewell to Nostradamus. Oh, he did a Lupin the Third movie. Yeah, Lupin the Third. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I'm not familiar with that. I thought this was part three of the Lupin series. No, he is the because he's the descendant of the famous French Arsène Lupin. Ah, Lupin is the third in the line. And he's a he's a big jewel thief. The the show is actually really funny. I actually like the show. Maybe the movie's good. I don't know. But well, it's from the director, of Female Prisoner Seven Hundred One Scorpion. I mean, there's always a chance it's good, then, right? Yep. So next week we're doing Nazi zombies, which I had to to figure out. And I'm like, is it Nazi zombies or zombie Nazis? Yeah, good point. And I had to figure that, like, well, in these movies. They were Nazis who died and came back as zombies. So they're zombie Nazis. No, they're Nazi zombies. They were Nazis before they were zombies. Okay. These aren't just like regular people that came back to life and then developed a taste for racism. That would be a very entertaining movie as well, though. <laughs> yeah, that they just come back from the dead. They're, they're undead curses. They just hate non-white people. Oh, you know, if, if you did that, but with like... 
bringing civil rights leaders back from the dead, and now they're becoming Nazis. <laughs> Uh, is this is this going to be our exploitation film? You get a fucking undead Martin Luther King with a swastika armband. Uh, that would be pure exploitation. That would be. But that's not a movie we're watching. No, but that might be a movie we're making. <laughs> yeah, we're watching Frankenstein's Army and another one that actually we've discussed, we've mentioned before. We, we're fond of the director. Yep. We've done, technically we've done two. Technically. One and a half. One and a half. One and a half. So catch us next week for, for Nazi zombies. Um, and make sure to visit our website, www.exploititpodcast. We will catch you next week. Good night, everyone. Good night. <laughs> Uramibushi Sadame